back once again, episode 63. It's a big weekend for Mixed Martial Arts and I rear view there with Scott Ascom and Jairzinho Rosenstruck and of course Anthony Joshua claiming big wins even though he's an outsider from boxing. But um, the big news for Eurobash is Noel McGrath is on the north side of Dublin. He's in Smithfield. We're in Oscars bar. We've been pushed outside because we're too riff-raffy for the general crowd inside. But well done, Noel. You, you finally made it. And you're not upper class enough to not be moved out of a place in North Dublin. How does that feel? I could smell the aroma when I got over this morning on uh, on public transport. Guinness, yeah? You um, love that? No, uh, <laughs> it wasn't quite Guinness, Peter. Pizza? But pizza, pizza. Um, it's all over the gaff, lads. But, geez, I wish I was. Um, no, it's disgusting. <laughs> Have you, uh, did you sleep last night in the dread? Does it remind you of that time we brought you to Moss Side in, in Manchester? I had a wonderful plethora of fights to watch last night because I couldn't watch them live because I was working on, on Saturday evening. So um, that sort of kept my mind off the journey of coming over to the, the military zone. <laughs> there's actually an army bar I know, yeah. um, but a uh, huge weekend a lot of fights as you said there um, and God love you having to watch them yesterday it was a nightmare on Saturday but um, let's get through this news because there's so many fucking headlines it's unbelievable so um, here's the news this is number one bullshit Wiley Zhang and Joanna Janjacek booked for UFC 248 on March 7th Corey Anderson v. Jan Blakovich booked for February 15th in Rio Rancho. Molly McCann v. Ashley Evans-Smith. First reported by Jim Edwards will be taking place at UFC London. We later confirmed that. Carolina Kowalkovich v. Jan Zionan announced for UFC Auckland on February 22nd. Michael Page is set to take on Shinzo Anzai at Bellator Japan at the end of the year. Adam Borix will meet former champion Darren Caldwell in the next round of the featherweight tournament am I right Feather, featherweight tournament yeah at Bellator 238 on January 25th Brennan Lochnane is going to be in action before the end of the year he'll take on David Vellante on December 31st at PFL 10 uh, the legalisation of MMA in France has been pushed back until February there's going to be problems there we'll talk about that a bit more uh, KSW 53 is going to go down on March 21st in Lodz uh, Pujanowski Saldic and Badoff already confirmed for that card opponents yet to be determined uh, James Haskell has been voted out of I'm a celebrity get me out of here devastating I think that's actually over now it's over on Saturday um, and just this morning um, MMA fighting breaking the news that Keen Cowley will face Sam Patterson at Brave CF 33 on December 27 in Saudi Arabia Woo! that's all them headlines there Noel. that was a long long trick there was yeah a lot of fights breaking this week um, some interesting ones. obviously Molly's I think is very very interesting fight against Ashley Evan Smith I um, think the most interesting thing there is Zhang and Joanna. That's unbelievable. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. March 7th. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people were sleeping on Joanna, and then when she did against Watterson, suddenly this has become a very, very interesting fight, right? I, I think we talked about it um, before that fight. I thought we thought the winner of that fight was going to kick on and get the shot against Zhang, and that's proved to be the case. And Listen, Michelle Watterson's an absolutely elite-level athlete. Um, elite-level athlete. Um, absolutely fantastic fighter. And for Joanna to, to win that fight... Broker. Um, in such extraordinary fashion, it was the only fight to make for me, and uh, it's you know it's, it's an enthralling contest now. After what uh, Zhang was able to do to Jessica Andrade, Jan Blakovich v Corey Anderson. I got to say I favor Corey Anderson going into this one, but if Jan wins it, he's definitely going to get the next shot. I think that's fair, safe to say the next the winner of this fight will definitely be next for Jones if he gets past uh, Dominic Reyes, which we both yeah, expect him to. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that one. And uh, you know I was very much in the camp Corey uh, to get the next shot. Yeah, same. Um, I think that will be the, the fight to make if uh, if he wins that, definitely. has to be, um, you know, Karolina Kovalkiewicz could be looking at her marching orders here. She's already 3-0-3. Oh and, um, and then Jan, 
announced for that UFC Auckland fight on February 22nd. I think if she loses, there's, it's going to be the exit. It was just a regression in the performances as well. You know, it, it's it's been a big, big sort of step down from those fights against Madison Joanna. Square Garden. Yeah, no, no it's, it's just been a, a sort of a rapid decline and very, very surprising. And again, maybe it's one of those cases where she needs to get out of... Uh, I know she's a great team there, but maybe freshen up things, go somewhere else, have a different perspective on her, on her fighting career. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Page will make his fifth appearance of 2019 when he takes on Shinzo Anzoi, a former UFC fighter. I mean, I think it makes sense because we were even saying after the after the London fight, like, there's no way he deserves Lima on the back of this fight, beating this guy we've never heard of, right? No, 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 no. He had to have one, had to make a statement, had to come out and do something. And uh, I think that's very much the case. Uh, He'll be I think great that's what Bellator Japan. are looking. Yeah, they'll, look, they'll, they'll, eat, that up. they'll eat that up, that Matrix style sort of yeah. kickboxing thing. And, you know, the character that he is, I think he's going to fit right in with the Japanese crowd and a very listen Michael is a very respectful guy as well He's, yeah. he doesn't get a lot of credit for that and uh, I think the Japanese love that kind of fighter Adam Boric's uh, the Hungarian sensation will meet Darian Caldwell probably the toughest fight he could have got if you ask me from the very first day this was announced I was saying Boric's nightmare opponent there is Caldwell we saw how much success Pico had in just holding him down I know in the end Boric's hit him with that jumping knee but um, he seems to struggle against dominant wrestlers and I think yeah. Caldwell's the best wrestler they have in Bellator definitely it's going to be an interesting one but Boric's has looked uh, like an absolute savage so I wouldn't reel him out with the, what we've seen from him so far in Bellator but um, yeah you'd have to sort of favour Caldwell going into that one um, an absolute beast quite loud that woman there it's wasn't fine. she it's um, fine. The, the Brendan Lachnane will be looking to make that statement get, get a finish I assume uh, at PFL 10 on December 31st he's already got off to winning ways with them David Vellante might not be a guy that we all know over here but I feel as though with Brendan looking at that featherweight tournament next year he's going to want to make a big statement before he heads into 2020 right yeah definitely um, a guy who's we've been so high about is, is Brendan Lachnane we saw what he did in contender series we saw what he did on his PFL debut, a guy who's going after that title in 2020 and make no bounds about it. And I think he's delighted to be performing on that uh, Madison Square Garden card. Do you know much about Volante? Is he any relation to I him? had a look. I think he's Does like 11, 11 and 5. I don't know. I don't have a clue who he is, to be honest. Um, I haven't. I, I, I don't know of him. Like, I, when I heard the name, I wasn't like, oh, David Volante. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But this is a bad one uh, for me, this legalization of MMA move back to February. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard there's a lot of shit going on there with the French Judo Association. As we've known over the years, that's always been the problem. Putting the blockings. But the fact that they're moving it back, like the fact that that has happened, even even though it's a month, the fact that it happened once, it says it can happen again. You know what I mean? They like, can go, oh, it's day, March, it's March. It said something's been thrown in the, in the mixer here. And, you know, I feel it's very... It's politics. Yeah, of course it is. And we know with the Jude Association before, it was a lot of financial uh, gain. I think their members had to, to pay a certain subscription per year to join. Um, and that was what was declining... Um, the rapid ascent of the French Mixed Martial Arts Association to get le- legislated and legalised in France. So, and very interesting times. But also, I am a little bit worried about that. I am, definitely. Yeah, especially, like, I, I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people have told me different things. I know Aries, the new promotion yeah. that's backed by... Um, what's the name of the, the TV... Yeah, it's Canal Plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have a lot of money, obviously, and I heard that they were vying to be the first promotion to put on a big show in France. Um, I know that the UFC are thinking about going there in November, yeah. which would be a, an absolutely massive show. Um, so, you know, I feel like this could be one of the big stories of 2020, what the fuck happens but with that's French the thing, you know, like Aries, you know, clearly set up because this was happening. So, you know, maybe there might be a knock-on effect there, but, you know, even going back to February, it, it's, it, it, it is. It's, there's a lot up in the air, and, and hopefully it's just basically um, a time delay more than anything else because it's, uh, you know, it'd be a great shame if anything was to happen with that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, but look, it's, I, the be- I, it's the benchmark in Europe. I have a feeling that we're going to keep hearing about that. Yeah, um, I, do, I well. hope we don't, but I have a feeling I we will. KSW 53, their first event will go down on March 21st. Pudzianowski, Saldic and Badoff. Big news there. Haskell's out of Oima Celebrity. Can we call it a gala from now on? KSW. They call it galas all yeah, the time. Know, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> they're different altogether. But come here, James Haskell is out of Oima Celebrity. Get me out of here. How soon could he be in the Bellator cage? Yeah. Uh, 2021. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah, I don't nah, think it's nah, going to happen. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to nah, happen. He will, he will. I'd say probably, <laughs> I, I'd imagine around six months of the summertime, uh, you know, getting into him a celebrity and whatever they eat, whatever they don't eat, it's going to have an effect on your body. So he's not going to be ready for a number of months. Um, I, I, I don't like, really care, to be honest. I don't, I, no, I don't. I, 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 this, this has completely yeah, soured me yeah. to his debut. But I, I also heard, when I was tweeting about Haskell and fucking I'm a celebrity or whatever, when Dave Green had the comments about him after... Bellator London people who watched it were telling me he, he's not gone down well at all so this could have blown up in their faces like I mean like they were going in hoping more people get behind him and stuff it turns out oh, I, I haven't watched any of it man I could tell yeah you. I don't know what happened but apparently but people are saying he's a likeable kind of guy but I, there is an arrogance about him and you know maybe maybe he's walking into this and you know and we talked about this a few months ago and the news was signed because he's done a bit of training before and you know he has kept it up for I think five or six years mm. Has maybe, he though? Yeah, I'm starting but, to doubt that. We don't know, but that's what he's told us. That's what we, we, we've heard. So, you know, maybe there is a bit of arrogance coming from a you know contact sport as well that he's just going to go in there and boss people. And, you know, he'd be very, very uh, rude awakening if, if, if he thinks that and he, he wants to go down that line of thinking because he'll, uh, he'll get sparked. Yeah. Um, and as we know, rugby, good for the brain. Uh, but <laughs> Keane Cowley um, is back in action. I think this is a good thing for McGregor's camp because if Keane's going to be one of his key sparring partners which he always is at least he has a camp to get for there'll be uh, added intensity to the camp I always remember back at the Mendez fight had all the all the young fellas like James Gallagher Franz Malambo over there preparing for the world championships yeah. and it just kind of gets a good atmosphere going in the camp so I think that's a good thing of course Keane needs to uh, get a win really he's two, two, on a two fight skid there with Brave yeah, so. bad knockout as well in the last fight yeah, yeah check. absolutely it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes Whew, right. Um, a, lot of it, a lot of it going on, isn't there? There's fucking some amount of announcements there last week. <laughs> I keep it, and then this morning I'm like going through them going, am I fucking missing something here? Probably have. We probably always have. have. We, we always miss something. I always miss something, Noel. You don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the talking points I wanted to um, bring up with you today is the uh, UFC London main event. All the chatter I'm hearing is it's either going to be, as a lot of people predicted, Leon Edwards or Tyron Woodley, uh, and Tyron Woodley, or Darren Till and Jack Hermanson. That's the other fight they're looking at right now. Um, Leon, I think, Leon Woodley for me. Oh, I'd prefer that. I think it's a, a bigger thing. But I also, if you remember, when we were first talking about this card, I said Hermanson v. Till because it would crown the best remember, middleweight yeah. in Europe. Um, or at least they could they could say yeah. that. Um which one? Which one do you, you think Leon and Woodley bring? Leon up? because I think Leon has you know he served his time now, um, co-main last year. Um, massive winning streak you know if the UFC aren't going to get behind him now in his home country where he's on the verge on the cusp of a title shot it's ludicrous and it's stupid because he keeps proving people wrong like what more has he got to do here to get eyes on him and I think it's an absolute no-brainer to put him again against a guy like Tyron Woodley would really up his stock again and if he's to go out there and be you know potentially Woodley um, he's going to make a statement Noel is struggling with headphones here like you wouldn't believe. It's so awkward looking at him. It's unbelievable. 
He will not put them <laughs> over his head because he's afraid he will upset his hair. It's beautiful, though. Jesus your Christ. Um, Do you like my new haircut? <laughs> no. no, but I think if you're, if you're putting eyes on him against Woodley, um, you know, Americans know, the world knows who Woodley is. It's going to put eyes on Leon. And if Leon was to beat him and make a statement, which he very well could do, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And, uh, you know, everyone knows who Darren is. So I, I just don't see the appeal. Right. Well, here's the problem. How are you going to get fucking Woodley to come over to England? If it's already a struggle to get Leon a match with any kind of yeah. top-caliber opponent, how are you going to get Tyron Woodley to come over and fight him in his backyard? Well, it's, I know he's not in Birmingham, but he's in London. Like, I mean, surely Tyron's already given up a lot in the sense that he's a former champion. He's yeah. the guy that everyone in the world knows. He comes to London then, to Leon Edwards' kind of launch party in the main event of UFC London. Well, That's going to be difficult. It makes him more of a badass if he goes in and does that. You know, but more Harry Mavda. Yeah, it increases his stock, puts him back in the light. Now, you know, a lot of people have been criticizing Tyron Woodley because of that, because of the fact that he's, you know, uh, apparently... Um, you know, refuted some requests from the UFC to take some fights. It's gone back and uh, you know, back and forth with um, um, Colby Covington. Um, so maybe he needs to take this as well. Maybe, maybe he will. Maybe he'll surprise us. But listen, I'd love to see it. I'm not too sure though it is actually going to happen. Um, but I think it's the one to the UFC have to try and make definitely. Um, I'm afraid they're going to mess it up because when this was do, announced, like we were talking about all, all the people they could pick from Arnold Allen, uh, Leon Edwards, Darren Till, Molly McCann, uh, Nathaniel Wood, Jack Shore, uh, Darren Stewart coming off that Darren win win. I mean, they have so many things, yeah. but that Arnold Allen v Josh Emmett booking is freaking me out, man. It is a weird one. How could you do that? You put him in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, imagine how good Emma and, and, and Arnold would have been in London like oh massively yeah oh, you know that's hell. that's for a European show that's a co-main event spot for me you know no problem um, yeah I am worried we've seen it in the past where <laughs> we think these brilliant cards that they're going to put together are going to be stellar and they turn out to be very very disappointing but let's be honest last year was a really really good card I think we mentioned this last yeah. week as well on the show people forget yeah. and the matchups were excellent um, probably didn't go down the way we would have wanted in general the card but it was excellent matchups, and I think that maybe the UFC have realised that they have to have one sort of flagship card a year in Europe um, from the fight nights, and I expect the UFC to do that for, for this card coming up. I don't expect anything anymore, but I, I, I will say that this is the perfect time for them to flex. With Bellator in here, all this stuff going on, this is the time to do it. And, you know, they could really underline the difference between them and Bellator with this card. Yeah, you know, definitely. I feel like this is the perfect time. They need to do it. And it looks like they're playing with fire as well because I've noticed some of the announcements have, have come um, on days when Bellator have been having press conferences and things like that and, and it's been vice versa. So, you know, maybe... I definitely know it's Bellator doing that. I haven't noticed UFC as much. Maybe the guns have been, been coming out a little bit here. So uh, I'm interested to see it. I'm interested to see their thinking in, in the European market. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of agree with you. You don't really know what to expect anymore because this ESPN deal, I think that's, you know, sort of... They don't really give a shit about the European market because it's mainly towards the US audience. Absolutely. Uh, I have one more talking point. Um, It's ridiculous. Um, Have you seen the tweet uh, (laughs) Brad Wharton put out about uh, another meeting between Tom Tom Kong Watson and Alex Reid? The rematch. September 2020. Um, I just want to read this out loud very quickly. <laughs> this is from the Fight Roulette official page. After months of negotiations, we're pleased to announce that Tom Kong Watson and Alex Reed will be renewing their legendary rivalry next September on the 10th anniversary of their first clash. The belt will take place under Fight Roulette rules. For those not familiar, wait for this, they are as follows. The roulette is spun at the start of each round to determine what type of fighting will take place in that round and the duration. 
possible fighting styles are boxing, MMA, Muay Thai, and grappling. Possible round lengths. Like, listen to how confusing this is. Possible round lengths are between one and five minutes. To add to the craziness of the event, the fighters will be randomly assigned outfits, corner teams, walkout music, and much more. I'll give us a rest. Right. Like, I mean, first of all, right, credit to... <laughs> credit to the lads um, Reed and Watson they, they probably don't get the credit that they deserve in terms of the overall what, what they did for UK MMA but what the fuck is happening there like That's how true. can like I mean they had a classic fight on Bama whatever it was four I think yeah. 2010 unbelievable fight and now they're coming back to do this it's a joke it's a piss take who wants to see this it's like Bellator sorry I don't it's like Bellator but it's like the Bellator fights you see with Hoist Gracie coming back against you know Ken Shamrock and those like it's an absolute piss take man people if they, if they really think people are excited about fights like this they, they have something seriously wrong with their mentality and the way they think but is it going to be so strange watching them change outfits between rounds as this oh, fucking roulette thing is spinning what's going on lads man <laughs> I'm speechless, and I'm not often speechless, but what a load of absolute trout. And, and just as you said there, the people who are organising this fight roulette, I mean, what type of draws do they think uh, Watson and Reed are in this generation? I mean, Reed's last fight was in 2015 for Jeez. Bellator, and I can remember it not being a blip on the radar. It was a loss, but I mean, I can remember nobody going, oh my God, Alex Reed's back. You know, I can't remember anyone saying that. Did anyone really care about Alex Reed? I mean, at the, at when he back in the day, he was when quite he was good. With Jordan. Well, before then, <laughs> but uh, that was why he was most prominent. Yeah, of course. listen, no interest. It's it's absolute trout, as I just said there. And, and I, also <laughs> with Watson, we need to remember signed to Bama, then to Cage Warriors, had a dramatic w- miss weight, and then he's been he's been inactive since 2015 as well. This is the type of things that tarnishes legacies. Oh yeah, 100%. that's that's all I'm saying. But the first fight was a classic. No offense to the lads, but this is crazy. It's absolute garbage, like. I'm still watching the shit out of it, though. It's not going to happen. I'm watching it for the fucking it's the not, calamity. Like it's not going to happen. It won't happen. Yeah, it does. Re- it does reek of something that won't happen. It just stinks of social media. A buzz. Just someone wants retweets and, and likes for a while. And uh, but if nah. it does happen, you got one. Go you got one lad watching here. Can we go and see Cage? Like, can we? Can we spin the roulette? Oh, I'd love to do that. <laughs> you, 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 you can walk around the cage looking like Peter Pan. Official roulette spinners. <laughs> Fuck that. Sorry, I don't mean to curse, but what a load of rubbish. So let's get to it. Pete caught up with Leon Edwards to speak about a potential meeting against Tyron Woodley and says hopefully he'll be dropping some news next week after some meetings as he is over for the UFC welterweight title fight between Karma Usman and Cobby Covington. We'll be back to chat KSW, UFC Washington, and then also Owen Roddy's going to be stopping on the show a little bit later on and we'll be previewing the big weekend's card. And here we are. We are joined by Leon Edwards, a man who has just flown to Las Vegas ahead of a welterweight title fight this weekend between Kamaru Usman and, of course, Colby Covington. Leon, this is a big one for you as well. How are you feeling? Um, is is the energy there in Sin City ahead of this fight? Oh, I'm feeling good. I came out here yesterday. Um, obviously, get some get some training done as well at the PI, and obviously, we go and watch the watch the welterweight fight, watch welterweight strap. That's going to be my next year. So. Um, I'm just here to take it all in and feel the energy and just build, build off that, really. I gotta say, man, since that UFC London fight was announced, there's people inundating us with uh, questions about Leon. Is he going to be the main event? You did an interview with my good friends Sean and Steve from Severe MMA a while back, and yeah. you kind of let it out there that Tyron Woodley had been offered this fight. Um, you wanted yeah. January 18th. I, I assume that's probably off the cards now, but is UFC London an option for this fight? Um. 
Well, what I'm hearing, but I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I know the UFC wants it. Um, I want it. Um, so we're waiting for Woodley now, really. Um, I'm ready to go. I think that's the most fight that, that makes sense. Um, everyone else is matched up or they just fought. So uh, I feel me, Woodley, the former world champion, will be the the next um, step to make. So we're, we're pushing for it and it, it should get done, hopefully. I mean, that would leave you in a situation where you're completely undeniable as far as I'm concerned with a victory over yeah. Woodley, right? Like, I mean, is that what yeah. you're seeing when you're looking at an opponent like that? Yeah, exactly. Like, how, how, what, what did they say now? After God and beat the former champion, and what did they say? Because it seems every time I win, they make it, they make an excuse as to why I'm winning. You know what I mean? And so let's see what they say after I go out there and beat um someone like Tom Woodley. And but I'm I'm ready to go. I, I feel I deserve that title shot probably two or three fights ago. So I'm I'm just here and just doing my thing and just keep winning and keep beating these guys. But I'm I'm taking a very close look at the welterweight fight this weekend and. I'll go from there. I will. I want to ask you some questions about that later on. But just on that UFC London announcement, I'm noticing yeah. the the tide turning for you. I can remember last year ahead of last year's UFC London fight. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't feel as though the fans were on your side as much. But this year, yeah. the fight was announced, and everyone's talking about Woodley v Leon. I mean, this yeah. this, this must show a sign that you have the fans have warmed to you a lot more. Do you feel? Yeah. That? Yeah, exactly. I, I feel that as well. Um, I feel they're pushing for it now, and now, now that they they get what I've been saying for years that I'm I'm the best fighter to come out of the UK, and I'm just proving the fight and fight. You know what I mean? So it's good to see that the fans are pushing for it. That they want that main event for London. I think that's the fight that makes sense. Um, so I'm I'm hoping he takes it. What I'm hearing though, he, he's saying he won't come to London. So it was fighting, but not in London. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, that makes no fucking sense. You know what I mean? So. Um, we're in negotiations now. Hopefully, I got a meeting this week as well with the UFC, and I have more information about that and what's going on. So, what I'm hearing though is he doesn't want to come to London, so we're trying to force him to come to London. Well, like, I mean, why do you think that is? Do you think he feels as though, you know. Yeah, I think he knows that's my home. My, my, I've never lost in the UK. I've never lost, like, a fight in the UK for amateur to pro. And you're probably looking at that thinking, I don't want to go over there, get beat, get beat in his own town. And what, where does it go? You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know. He's probably get, trying to, he make, like I said, he's making excuses from the from the jump. You know what I mean? So um, I'm ready to go. Whoever to give me anyone, anyone above me, I'm 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 willing to go. But that's a problem, right? Because there's not many guys above you anymore. So exactly. Like, <laughs> like two or three. It's got to be worth it. Like two or three. Muscle running, running scared, making excuses. That's <laughs> why you don't want to fight me. Woodley, same thing. I mean, there's no one else. The it's two finest you can from title. So, well, wait, like, there's only two fights at the moment. That makes sense. You know what I mean? So, yeah. any, any of them, like I said, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I am the best in the world, and I'll keep proving it time and time again. Is it? Do you feel as though? Because we're talking to Daniel Wood the week this was announced, and he said like this is the best era of UK fighters ever, and, yeah. and, and he feels as though that's going to be reflected on the London card. Do you agree with him? hundred percent, hundred percent. If you look, if you look at the talent now that's coming out of the UK, um, we're all around. We can, we're all rounded. We can wrestle and we can do it all. You know, what I mean, as in back in the day, back in the the Bisping era and then Hardy and all that. This it was more like it was known for striking. Um, the UK scene, you know what I mean? So I think now we're proving our case that we belong in the world stage and we're one of the best in the world. As before, America America had the time, Brazil had the time, and I feel now it's, it's the UK time to shine. And I'm very proud of my countrymen and what they're doing and what they're doing. 
you know, th this fight this weekend, we mentioned it a few times, Usman, a guy you fought before against Colby. Mm -hmm. When you look at it, how do you see the fight going? Do you do you feel as though there's a definite winner there between the two that you fancy? Um, Not really, because I look at it as like they're both the same stylistic fighters. They're both um, wrestlers, wrestlers that learning to strike and that, that's it really. I look at them both as the same fight. I'd probably give Usman for the strength advantage and the problem or popping his shot. But it's a, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I'll go, but I'll probably put my money up to get the victory done. I feel as though that's the better way for it to go for you to get a rematch automatically because, uh, I mean, um, yeah. the, the next shot at the title, because Colby and Masvidal have this thing going. Masvidal clearly uh, doesn't even want to say your name at the moment, so that will kind of tell you <laughs> how, how little he wants to exactly. fight you. But, I mean, do you feel as though that's the be better way for it to go for you, for Usman to win? Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'll fight any, any of them, you know what I mean? So, but I'll, I'll probably love Usman about them being for the world title and to get my revenge on the win and so that's probably the best scenario but I could not give two shit if Cole wins here I don't like him anyway so that that would be another truth as well but that would be amazing I think everybody in uh, Europe thinks he is ready for that call up um, you yeah know, 100% do, do you feel as though being there at UFC 245 will give you a better chance of getting that shot again like are you, are you planning to make yourself very visible this week and, and put yourself in front of as many cameras as possible to try and get yourself into that next situation or do you feel as though it's already locked well, my, my, like I said I'm meeting with the UFC this week so I don't know what's going on further from that but I'll be in front of the cameras as well letting let them know where I stand and what I, what, what I want you know what I mean so I'll, I'll be visible this week and I will push him for the fight. I will push him for the title fight, or the or the number one contender fight. You know what I mean? I I am willing to go. I'll be a world champion next year, and that's that's my goal. I, I know what happened. You know what I mean? So I'm just here to see the fight, see how, how, how the fight plays out, and just go from there. But uh, I'll be for as many cameras as I can to to get my name out there and to get my my point across what I want for next year. Leon, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this week, and I will talk to you again Good very night. soon, my friend. Thank you, brother. See you in bro. All the best, man. Bye-bye. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. Let's take a look at what happened last weekend. It was KSW 53 from Gluice, Poland, <laughs> and it was UFC from Washington, D.C. Um, there was also a lot of a lot of uh, boxing action, obviously, with the with the the big card in Saudi Arabia. We'll, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show, maybe. But KSW 53, what a fucking card that was. No, did you enjoy that? Very good. It was really good, wasn't it? Ta start to finish. I watched every fight last night, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so it was the only fucking MMA reporter finishes. in the world still watching that fight while Anthony Joshua was going on. How, how are these reporters turning away from Khaled off and ask him, I don't have a fuck. I'm very disappointed. Idiots. How are they, the, the card in general was just a, a explosive barn. Look at the, what the first four fights all finishes. Spinning back fists, knees. Unbelievable. Um, unbelievable stuff. And, it was uh, just, do you know what? I felt like they were ending so quickly that the KSW lads on the broadcast were they like, didn't, they, didn't know, they didn't know what to do because I, you know, I skipped a lot of uh, sort of dead air for a while because there was so much brand yeah, yeah, talk yeah. in between. Um, 
because I think the whole total of the card was like four and a half hours of the broadcast, <laughs> and it was nowhere near that. Um, but they have obviously the big deals in yeah, Poland, of course. And stuff they have, you know, they had Polsat the, or whatever. You know, yeah, Polsat, and they had their, uh, you know, their their Lamborghinis and all their car rods and stuff like that. But uh, you know, great production levels as well. I love it. It's really uh, good. Uh, ask him. It's absolutely class. Ask him is looking for that Narcoon fight. He suggested on Eurobash um, last week. Um, no surprises there. He gets the victory after coming on this show. But. Um, I feel like, you know, last week, um, Alan Murphy got onto me and he kindly reminded me that, because I was pointed to ask him that he had cleared out the division, basically. Alan Murphy, of course, on the phone, one of the best PR guys in the game, gets on the phone and he gives me a bit of shit. He says, Pizzi, what about Droikas Duplessis? All right, I fucked it up. I forgot about Droikas. But another person that he mentioned to me that hasn't fought yet with KSW is a great show. Uh, Abbas Magomedov, uh, the PFL fighter. He made it to the final and lost in the final. He's now signed to KSW. Okay. That would be a huge fight for Raskin. But I think the most amount of eyes are going to be on Narcoon after him saying it after the Kaladov mm. win. Kaladov being a legend. A lot of eyes on that in Poland, right? What way? Light heavyweight? Light heavyweight, yeah. 205, There's yeah. no way Narcoon makes <laughs> middleweight. Yeah, even like for, for... Did he weigh in against the freeze at 240 or something? Like yeah, it's a bit, do you not think Scott will look a bit awkward at that weight class, though? You he know? looks big compared to all these monsters like Kaladov and all. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, it is the fight to make because, you know, you do it in the broadcast. And I think Scott's a very respectful guy. I think we saw that in the broadcast. But he did mention his name. And uh, it's obviously been talked about. You mentioned him last week on the show as well. So so why not do it? Like, you know, unless the UFC are going to come in with an offer for London um, for Scott. I don't think that's... Like, I think he's contractually bound, like, you know? Oh, is he contractually bound? Yeah, yeah. He, well, he, well, he obviously is then. So, um, yeah, why not make it? You know, if Scott's down for it, do it. Kaladov, to his credit, um, you know, a lot of people are poo-pooing this guy coming out of retirement, even though he's a legend. He gave um, Askham the hardest fight he has had. Um, his first round against against Askham was a bit genius, actually. The way he, um, you know, huge takedown straight off the bat and then straight into a leg lock. I mean, it was interesting to see Askham going to have to deal with that level. And Askham, Askham dealt with oh, he's it brilliant. beautifully. Brilliant, you brilliant. Know, I think he surprised a lot of people. Very methodical um, performance. It was. Um, yeah. It wasn't the most explosive, exciting fight in the world. But I was buzzing because it was Kaladov. You know, I was like, yeah. the fuck, he can, he yeah. can, any time here, he can... Um, I think he had Kaladov pretty fucked, though, by the end of the first round. I think I think Kaladov expected to do a lot more, maybe sweep Askham in those exchanges, and he just couldn't. Askham was very fucking strong on he top. He couldn't, yeah. Very, very powerful. Deceptively powerful, and I think, as well, like, if you look at what Kaladov got off, he didn't get off an awful amount. It was like a lot of sort of fists and, and attempts... He did better in the first round. He was he was kind of lots of activity from the bottom. I felt, but the second round faded massively. Yeah, yeah definitely faded. The gas tank as well, and uh, you know, Askham I thought was just brilliant. He did enough to win. I think that's the difference between him now and his UFC career as well. Maybe he felt as though he had a you know a massive point to prove in, in certain fights, going out shown certain um, elements and uh, you know tools in his repertoire, and it was a very very calculated performance. And I think he he, he realized at all costs it was just about getting the win in that fight. It's it's like as well as that like his first f- fight camp in ATT was his last fight in the yeah. UFC like the growth he's had since then is like I mean he's a different striker and he was predominantly just a striker when he came to the UFC and look, so and like, look look how look how well he dealt grappled on, on the ground yeah. absolutely fantastically so you know as good as Scott Askin. as good as that was and as good as all those stoppages were the person who stole all the headlines for me is Saladin Parnas the That's only them. decision of the night the man is ridiculous I've been shouting this guy's name for two years I'm fucking horse lads I don't know what the fuck um, the rest of the, the guys in Europe are doing how they're not bigging up this guy he 22 is 22 years unbelievable. He's, well. unbe- he's just gone 22 he yeah. went 22 last week fucking ridiculous he's, 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 he's gonna be amazing like there's I can't it, like you know 
as long as he doesn't lose a leg or an arm or something, I feel like he's going to be a huge, huge name in the future. Like, massive. He, he, he's stylish. He, he's got a good look. He, he fights massively on the ground and on the feet. I, I've been, I'm just blown away by the kid. It was just as if Buchinger could not do... Buchinger was done by the end of the first round. He was, like, unbelievable that he just hung Just a passenger in, that, for the rest of the fight. That he hung in there. But he just couldn't do anything. He couldn't even clip him, couldn't get near him. He was getting tagged at will. It was utter... And total masterclass in domination in how 22. to control a fight and I, I, thought I think the commentators mentioned the tempo of the fight it was unbelievable yeah, that the pace he, he puts just on. set it to the way he wants it to implement what he wants to do and it's literally it was like he was toying with him at, at times it, it really I was I thought he was going to knock him down with feints at one stage to be honest <laughs> um, the, the, uh, the, the, the fact that when, when Butchinger worked so hard to get him to the ground in the third and then Panas pulls off this deft little choke and like it's not even about the choke as much as it was about the move that he he flips, flipped uh, Butchinger over with an underhook and then jumped straight onto the choke. I was like, this this yeah. is unbelievable. To do that to Butchinger is just insane. He made Butchinger look novice. Yeah, like, he, he, like literally he, did. He he, 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 he d- destroyed him. And you felt in that fourth round as well when he had him up against the fence and he was landing some bombs that he actually could have finished him. And it sort of he didn't want it as if he wanted to see out the five rounds. And you know when you fighters fighting like that and. It just gives you a sort of this sense that they at 22 years of age that he can kick on. Imagine what he he, he could potentially do in the, in the UFC. It's actually bloody scary. I've been saying it for way too long. He's the most valuable property in 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 Europe with this legalization thing happening oh, in France. Um, he's he, he's already been covered by Le Keep. He, he is a huge deal. Um, and people need to start paying attention now. Massive. And don't start telling me how he has watched all his fucking fights when he signs for the UFC because he just haven't. You've been uh, talking in for a long time. I'll give you that. And I was, I have to say, I was absolutely blown away by how good he was. Um, KSW are onto something big with this Simon Kalecki fella as well. I tell you, um, he's obviously an Olympian, a gold medalist. Um, he fought another um, Olympian in Damian Janikowski, a guy who was probably more famous in Poland is in Janikowski. But he beats him, stops him in the second round, and now that's two two stoppages over. Two of the biggest names in Polish MMA, Marius Pudzianowski and Damian Janikowski. I mean, I never expected this guy to take off the way he has. And now they have a huge prospect going into 2020 with this guy. Even though he's 38, yeah. he's 9-1. Yeah. How good did he look, though? I'm, I'm not so sure. You know, he looked a bit gassed. Um, I mean, did you see the pace they fought at? Yeah, it was. It was an electric pace. Um, Mental. Like, not, not, not advised at all to fight at that fucking pace. You know, inc- incre- at 205? Like, yeah. that's a crazy pace. Incredible power. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more. Um, a couple more fights. Um before we start really getting hyped about him. But yeah, it was it was an impressive fight, fun one to watch. Um and another guy who who most likely has cemented his place on the prospects list for twenty twenty is Shamil Musaev, who got a beautiful spin and back fist to punch uh, KO. The guy is fourteen and oh, Russian bad as fuck. He just banged a low kick and then <laughs> literally just turned around whipped in the, the spinning back fist and the, it was lights out um, unbelievable yeah unbelievable he was quality stuff. he was quality and um, that's pretty much the, the majority of the stuff that we take from KSW uh, but definitely advise people to go back and watch them fights because they're absolutely watch unbelievable watch all of them <laughs> so yeah. it's that good just fast forward between the stuff where yeah, they're scrambling yeah, yeah, for yeah, things yeah, to yeah, do of course, of course, of course. Um, the UFC in, in Washington DC powered by crystals Jarzinho Rosenstruck <laughs> shocks the world with a a buzzer beater KO of Alistair Overeem who pretty much dominated him for four rounds up until that point um, I enjoyed the fight though I felt as though Jairzinho always was dangerous he always had he was always going to be have the power right until the end he didn't seem drained in the fourth round or anything he was just plodding away plodding 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 yeah. he did what Andy Ruiz couldn't do basically in his boxing match I was uh, pretty 
pretty upset with Alistair's performance, I have to say. Um, I thought he was doing great up until the end. He was doing great, but he was just wasn't taking enough risks, I don't think, in the stand-up. He was too worried about... Can you blame uh, him after yeah, that? I, yeah, I, yeah no, I, I do. I understand that, but... Um, I think you know he could have taken a bit more risks, maybe a little bit more tentative than we've seen him over the last number of years. And I think we talked about that as well. It was the fight against um, uh, we saw it obviously in Rotterdam when he fought uh, Andrei Arlovsky was sort of the new Alistair Overeem, where he was a lot more cerebral in his approach. And I think he was maybe just a little bit too um, too calculated. But, but you can't you can't say that when that happened. You know, in the end, his face is hanging off and he eats one dig basically. Like I mean, that's how dangerous Jairzinho is clearly. Um, I'm really impressed with him. Um, yeah, very that impressive. That lip, though, was manky, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolutely just, When you know, when Esther Lynn isn't zooming in because she's mm. gagging, trying to fucking take a picture or something, that's pretty graphic, man. It's like, uh, you ever see a dog when it's rabies? <laughs> It, 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 was, it was like the the lip. You see, see the, you were you born see, in the 1960s. That was still around you, when you, you were young. <laughs> you could see the tooth hanging out. Near, it was it was absolutely... It's the worst cut I've ever seen, I think. <laughs> manky, man. Man, normally I retweet cuts and stuff, and I couldn't even yeah, it was have, the, have the power to do it last night. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Rosenstrock's one to definitely watch out for now. The, the, the hype is real. Uh, Dan Mergliotta uh, convinces Stefan Struve to fight uh, after eating two savage about, blows to the balls. But what... It, like, can we... Clarify something there, right? Hang on, we can we just finish the sentence Sorry, so people yeah. understand? So, convinces them to uh, fight on after eating two shots of the balls. Stefan Struve eventually gets up in the last round and gets KO'd pretty pretty quickly afterwards by Ben Rothwell. Ben Rothwell was losing the fight as Dan Mergliotta told Stefan Struve, which pretty coerced there, him to go back and say. fight, fight yeah. right? Mental, absolute. Like, is there something in the rules where they're not clearly they're not supposed to say that to a fighter? Like, you I can't be doctor filling it up halfway through. Like, and I do like Dan Megalod as a ref, to be honest. I don't think he's bad, but just this coming on the back of uh, Michael Venom yeah. Page in Dublin, don't talk, just keep your just mouth closed keep, when yeah, you're in keep there. Keep your mouth shut. That's like, I think he's a, good, a great referee. Um, I just, I just don't think you can be getting that involved when you're in there, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, maybe th- th- there might be some repercussions. You know, maybe he's well. Hopefully, he's going to be told not to do that because it was. I, I was just sort of taken aback when he said, "Oh, you're probably winning the fight." Like, what? Yeah, what and he's trying to cover his mic when he was saying yeah. it. Yeah, and it was really, it was, it was stupid. It was a really stupid thing to do from a guy in his position. And um, listen, I hope to just get rid of that sort of element of it because it, it, it didn't sit well with me and I think the commentators as well and Paul and, 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 and DC as well didn't uh, particularly like well, it well you see well, they kind of are like he's trying to cover his microphone there when he's saying this like that just shows that even Dan knows he shouldn't be doing it to be yeah, honest yeah exactly um, you know how about everybody giving Aspen Lads coach a bit of shit for trying to jeer up there goes your phone <laughs> my phone just um, broke <laughs> you know Jim West has her on the, on the chair he's giving her trying to roil her up Everyone's laughing at the guy. She goes out and starts Yana Kunzakaya straight after her, pretty much. Um, you know, Aspen needed a win badly there. It's a big win against Yana. Yana's done a lot in her career, but, um, you know, I still feel as though she's a bit inhibited, uh, yeah. Aspen. Like, I mean, in her post-foot interview, she refused to talk about Durandami. She refused to talk about Amanda Nunes. And I get it. She's probably doing that because she doesn't want to take the win away from Durandami, doesn't want to position herself for that fight with Amanda Nunes when she's just coming back from a loss. But I just feel as though it's haunting her a bit, you know? I just love to see her just talk a bit of smack and actually say more than two words in an interview. But she seems nervous. Like, I mean, and some people are nervous by interviews, but I feel as though it's actually... She's inhibited because of that loss. Like I feel it's still playing on her head. She gets very nervous when a, when a camera's pointing. Definitely, face you know. How many times do we say after a loss, a fighter, you know, her, her corner had to really kick her up the arse to get her going, and um, because she was so hesitant in that, that first round. But then when she pulled the trigger, she was yeah, fucking. She's, but that's, how, that's right how good she is. Listen, she's young. Um, she is obviously a shy person, but 
you know, I think that's where it comes into play, where people need to be advising her better on what she says to the media and stuff like that. Um, in terms of, you know, post-fight interviews and stuff, she said very, very little. It was almost borderline boring. Um, I'd love to just see a little bit more spark and desire to go after um, those sort of bigger names to, to put her name more in the light because she's it, an unbelievable unbelievable fighter she's a great prospect and it's great to have her back in winning ways from a UFC point of view uh, also Mahmoud Muradov with a disgraceful KO in the first did you see that oh it was unbelievable who did he fight again um, his mouth guard went fucking flying through the air yeah. Trevor Smith was it Trevor Smith yeah, yeah. that's right um, unbelievable shot um, it was it was fucking oh, I watched disgusting. that slow-mo about eight times you just see the green gum shield flying into the fence and it was uh, it I was heard it, I heard Dan Stupp had to dodge it on press row oh did he Jesus <laughs> poor old Dan <laughs> head movement still there wouldn't want that in his coffee um, <laughs> but, but listen what what can you say just an unbelievable shot and it was very worrying for Trevor Smith I think it was like um, that fight we saw in KSW um, with the French kid um, where he was you know on the ground oh, for quite Dubois. some time Dubois and it was you know man it's, it's that's when it sort of hits home at times. This sport is very, 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 very real. And um, we see things like that. But thankfully, Trevor was okay. But um, that's a prospect we need to watch out for, definitely. Uh, that was phenomenal. Anyone who's hitting someone with that velocity or power where you're knocking a gumshill out of his mouth is uh, certainly someone I'm, I'm excited to see in the future. Up Uzbekistan. We're here for you, Soviets. We'll claim you. Eurobash has your Jesus. back. Don't worry about it. I don't know Peter anymore. So I guess we'll bang ahead. Uh, Coach Owen Roddy joined you uh, earlier this afternoon out in the wonderful SPG Charleston to talk about Conor McGregor's recently announced bout um, at UFC 246 in Las Vegas in January. We'll be back to look ahead to the weekend's action at UFC 245. Monster card. Petey, Owen Roddy, check it out. And now uh, I'm joined by a man who I have had furious request to get on the show again uh, Mr. Owen Roddy I've been chasing him down for a week he's been nice enough to get off a plane from South Africa and come and chat to me well I've come up to him at Charlestown here the beautiful SPG Charlestown but uh, Roddy how are you first of all you look fantastic as always yeah, I'm doing alright I'm not too bad uh, Yeah, literally just off the plane from South Africa so I was over there for a couple of days we're in Cleary uh, at Brave um, and uh, he lost the decision but you know it is where it is you can't win them all but good trip nice to see South Africa but I'm in bits now, to be totally honest, man. Literally, like, 24 hours. We left 24 hours ago. I got home. I got home just a couple, two or three hours ago, so. And then I'm straight straight home. Had a bit of grub, get washed. Pick the kids up. Get them trained for jiu-jitsu. And now I'm back in the gym again. <laughs> the life. Living the life, Owen. It's, um, it's, it's a big thing, uh, obviously, the announcement of Connor's comeback. And straight away, as soon as that's happening, one of the big questions in the U.S. is, is Owen Roddy involved? I said on a podcast last week, I believe Owen is involved, and people were like, well, that's brilliant news. You know, straight away, people are like, well, well, that's a really good thing that this fella that kind of was behind the strike and that pushed Connor to the forefront is back again. Not that you were ever away, but there was just some question marks about what the team would be. Have you been with Connor, and how does he look? There is so many people trying to find out how's he looking. Is he serious about this new dedication? What have you got from it, from the sessions you've done? Yeah, yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, obviously Connor has just so much on as well. So it's uh, you, you can't you can't tie him down uh, our camp really. You know what I mean? And I've got to learn myself as well. You know, I'm running a gym and I'm doing a couple of other things. So when we're not seeing constantly walking together, people are like, "What's what's happening?" And then I'm not doing much interviews because I'm flat out. He's he's doing all this stuff as well. So people are always just questioning. But yeah, we're back now. We're in we're in camp now. So it's 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 go time. And um, the one thing he has been constantly doing is 
working on his strength and conditioning, constantly staying in shape, constantly eating clean. Um, and, and you can see that straight off the bat. Now now it's time for us to, to execute uh, our game plan and go in and uh, do it on the night. But I'm uh, very excited to be back back walking with him, and I'm very excited that he's back back uh, fighting in the UFC. He um, he talked about, like, he had some criticisms the last time, mostly to do with grappling stuff, to be honest. I know, of course, you're even though you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu, you're certainly the striking section of the, the coaching over there. Um, do you feel as though, like, he seems to say this is more regimented than the last time and stuff like that. From from what you can see, is it is it a far more regimented situation with him? Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, the, the the structure, it's 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 the the training camp is structured way better. You know, the 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 last camp it was just a bit sporadic. Um, we didn't know what time we were training. Sometimes it was very late at night. Sometimes it was early in the morning, and nobody really knew. And, and you know, although although we were all we were all making all the sessions, it just I don't think that's good for you when when he doesn't even know what time he's going to be training. He was just kind of doing it off field. But for the past couple of months, it's been regimented, you know, training at 11 and 7 every day, you know, doing strength conditions, whether it's in the morning or in the evening, and then doing a technical session. And it's perfect. And you can see that he's, he's reaping the rewards already from that. Um, and as I said, he's been working on the strength conditioning for for a long time uh, prior to getting into this camp. So now now when I, when I spend and have the camp, you know, trying to get in shape or anything like that, now... Now he's 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 in tip top shape. Now we're just focusing on a game plan, coming to, coming up with a good game plan and and going in and, and executing it. You know, a lot of people feel as though Cerrone's the right guy for him to come back against. Even before he fought Habib last time, people were like, maybe he should fight Cerrone that fight and then go on to the championship fight if he's coming back. But how do you like that opponent? I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, Cerrone struggles against southpaws. Connor's one of the, the hardest hitting southpaws we've ever seen in the sport, um, and and he stands very upright. I mean, do you feel as though this is a this is a very good opponent when you, of course, are in the lab looking at different things you can take advantage yeah, of? I like, I like the Cerrone fight, and you know, but he's he's very talented, yeah. you know. And it's only when you start looking at all his fights and and the tools that he has, he's got weapons. He's got a lot of weapons, and he's good everywhere. And he'll he'll mix it up. Um, yeah, he's a very very talented fighter. But like everyone, there is holes there in his game, and and he, he has struggled a little bit with southpaws and. No better sell power in the world than than Connor, and uh, I think we 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 can land shots on him. That's that's what I'm most excited about. I think we can land on him. Yeah, and I feel like it's a fan favorite fight, right? Because Cerrone, the people love him. Connor's the biggest name ever in the UFC. I mean, it, it, do you feel like this is going to be one of them where it feels like a McGregor fight? Like we've talked about it before, like the Diaz fights, Alvarez, Habib. All these fights feel completely different than every other fight the UFC ever puts on. Do you, do you feel as though it will be another one of them huge marquees? Yeah, most definitely. Once, once. Once things start to build, like we're literally, you know, the, the the fight was only signed, you know, officially announced, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So it's building and it's it's building nicely. But you know, when we start, you know, when it starts getting into the new year and there's three or four weeks out, it's just gonna explode. And the, you know, Cerrone and Connor, the the matchup was perfect. You know, that the the mentalities, their attitudes, their attitudes were fighting, and. Um, I think it's just going to build for a, for an exciting fight and an exciting uh, build-up to the fight. Uh, last couple of fights have been just like wars, you know what I mean? It's like it's like you're going into camp and you know each team are are, are not getting along, and it's you know it was it's, it's a bit much to be honest. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know. But this is going to be fun. This is going to be exciting. 
they'll they'll be back and forth. Conor will, will, will be you know obviously throwing the stick, and Cerrone will be able to take it, but he'll be able to throw it back as well. And I think there's mutual respect there. I don't think it'll get um, you know the 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 back and forth. I don't think it'll get uh, too dirty or anything like that. I think it'll be light-hearted, and I just think that's that's going to be nice and it'll be enjoyable for everybody. Um, and then when they get in and do it, you know, it's going to be a very exciting fight. For me, it's it's an opportunity for Conor to remind people as well. You know, um, it, you know, there's been headlines, the phone incident, the, the the bar incident, all of this stuff. I feel like the best way for Conor to get back and just kind of put that behind him is to get in there and win. We saw it with Tyson Fury. We see it with Tiger Woods when he won the Masters recently. A winner is a big thing in sport, right? When you're a winner, a lot more people are on your side, and they might. It would also it would also give him a way to show people it's I'm just not saying that I'm I'm a changed person this performance will show you that I'm a changed person do you feel like that's riding on it as well kind of yeah I just think it's it's um it's great seeing kind of back enjoying what he's what yeah. he loves to do and that's that's the more important thing for me you know what I mean and, and for 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 everybody and for Connor you can see it in him he's enjoying it you know I don't know he's I mean he's had a crazy couple of years man so I can't imagine what would happen to me if I was in that situation? I'd probably be dead already, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know how anyone copes. Nobody knows what how he deals with whatever he's dealing with because there's so much I can imagine. He's got so many businesses. Like, I'm I'm running my own business here and it's 24-7. He's got bi- businesses that are worth millions and multi-million dollar businesses and he's got so much going on and it's 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 chaotic, I'd say. But now he's at the, he's at the sorting everything out and now he's back doing what he loves to do. And um, you know, I think when when you start to see some footage of him training, and you, he starts to do his interviews, and he starts to build the fight, you're gonna see that Connor back. You the, can see that? Yeah, I can see that already. And and I think when everybody sees that, gonna be like, that's that's a Connor that we we all fell in love with. You know what I mean? And you can see it in him. He just, you know, he has that hunger again. And you know what I mean? Connor, a, a hungry and a dedicated and a motivated Connor McGregor is a scary dude. Absolutely, man. Like, I mean, can you remember the the first fight at one seventy would have been Diaz, right? In the is this going to be like? Do you feel like this is this that has given you a good kind of estimation? You remember that first fight, and you can kind of probably learn, even though it was kind of changed two weeks before or something yeah. when Dosanjos fell out. Do you feel like this will be a much more primed one seventy McGregor going to see this time? Yeah, I think you know, looking at the second fight, the second Diaz fight, yeah, yeah. that's what you're going to see. That's that kind of that we. He's been at this way for a while. He's he's used to training at this way. He's used to grappling and and sparring and 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 running and and doing the moil. So his body knows how to move that weight around now, and he knows how to move around quickly. So, um, yeah, I just I, I just think he's he, he and he there's no there's no killing himself to make weight and there's there's no okay Jesus the last three weeks of camp is 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 is, is limited calories and you're trying to you know trying to get down to that weight and all. That's gone. Now he's just focusing on training, doing what he's doing, looking at an opponent and breaking him down and, and, and dismantling him and, and looking to dismantle him in the in the fight. I, I know you probably aren't privy to this yet, but when he w- did that Russian press conference, he said he was going to fight once in January. Mm-hmm. Next, he was going to take on the, the, the guy who wins the BMF title, which turned out to be Jorge Masvidal, and then challenge Habib in Russia in November, which would be... An insane year of fights, but I mean, do you feel like that is that that is the game plan he's going with uh, since he is uh, since you've been working with him? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the plan. That's what he wants to do. And there's there's one thing I always say 
that you know when Connor says he's going to do something like if anyone's going to do it he can do it you know what I mean but like let's let's not look past um, Cerrone you know because he's he's a tricky tricky opponent and he's a veteran and he's he's got tricks up his sleeve um, but but Connor going in there uh, the way he looks now you know he, he should do well I gotta ask you about one hit management. I believe you just uh, launched a rap company as well, if I'm not mistaken, for the yeah, for the gloves. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's not that's not gangster raps. Just <laughs> just so that is <laughs> just how just how you know that I'm not I'm not breaking into that industry just yet. That'll be next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everything's going to be going great. Yeah, like I mean, so um, yeah, I'm just looking after uh, fighters as well. Myself and Paul uh, Fogarty have one hit management, and you know, I mean, I've been in the fight game a long time. I, I never knew anything about, you know, promoting yourself, about especially nowadays, how to promote yourself on social media, you know, looking at fight contracts, knowing knowing that you're not getting screwed to bits. Um, and we're just trying to help people so um help people, you know, make the right decisions, present themselves properly so that they're they're, they're um they're in a good position to be picked up by sponsors later on down the line, they're not doing stupid things. Um and, and just building a, a small little team and just trying to help fighters and uh, um Build our careers, you know, and then with the equipment, shadow fight codes, yeah, that's where yeah, we've got wraps. We've, we're, we're launching our gloves soon enough as well. Um, yeah, so so exciting times here. Yeah, just trying to like the the, t- the things that I love, the the management. Like I I think you know it's starting. It's only kind of starting to get a bit dodgy now with managers in, in MMA. But if you look at boxing, like it's cutthroat yeah. manager out there to, to cut you up. You know what I mean? It's not. It's it's only starting to come into MMA at the moment. Most of the managers are still. You know, yeah, by the book, but it's gonna happen, and uh, you know, we're just here to to help people and and steer them in the right direction. And uh, with the equipment, you know, I've I've been fighting for many years. I've had all the injuries. I've you know, I, I've I've had all the bangs, all the knocks. I know where all the problems are. So I'm trying to put out some equipment there that that fixes those problems. You know, what's the name of your company again? I was just I was actually just messing with them earlier. Yeah, uh, Shadow Foy Coats. Yeah, so we've got our, our just uh, we've got a hand wraps and a hybrid hand wraps, which kind of act like gauze and tape so they're a little bit they're well they're not a little bit they're a lot better than your, your standard hand wraps they give you extra support um and uh comfort around it, the knuckles and stuff like that and then we have our, our gloves and we're doing i'm going to be doing a lot of things everything that everything i do with, with shadow foot codes will be an improvement on what's out there i'm not going to be just putting out gloves that have no innovation everything will innovate off what's there because it needs to happen you know people are releasing you know just, yeah, just, you know, it's, why, why spend a lot of money on innovation when you can just release the same stuff and people are going to buy it? But everything I release with Shadow Foy Codes will have some sort of, or a couple of things that that innovate over what's originally on the market. That's savage, man. That's yeah. class. I got a most final question, I promise you. All this stuff that's going down in Irish MMA, people, uh, I know a lot of people don't want to weigh in, and I 100% understand if you don't want it, but people would have gone mad if I hadn't asked you. This whole... Um, SBG split. Of course, you are still SBG Charlestown. I'm sure you're going to be working with John Cavanagh in Conor McGregor's camp. Yeah, so this yeah. is an awkward situation to put you in. But yeah. it, it, it's a is it a weird one for you to see all this like yeah. Paddy and Chris and stuff? Tom Tom uh, King. You know what? You know I think Tom spoke about it and Paddy spoke about it in the book and stuff. You know there was that situation in 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 um uh, when when John and and the the heads well, not so much only John but the heads of um. Uh, SPG brought us in and and you know gave us this this plan 
and I think a lot of the boys found it, you know, found it very disheartening because a lot of the time we were, we were already kind of SPGs prior to that, and they um, they were all a bit disheartened. And even I was myself, but I've kind of talked to John about and moved on from it. And I think Paddy just needed to get it off his chest, and when he did get it off his chest, um, you know, people were asking Tom, and Tom just you know cleared the air. And I think I'm kind of glad that it's cleared the air. I hope everybody can move on now. Yeah, you know, because, you know, we we, we can't... I know I don't know whether that's going to be the case. But, um, you know, you, you know, this happened. But what about everything else that happened before that? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, so... But I, sp I speak to everybody. I speak to everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm not in bad terms with anybody. Um, and whatever I had to say, I said to, to, to people individually. And, and, you know, that's that, but... Yeah, who knows? Maybe we can all look look back in a couple of years and and, and laugh at this, you know. You're the nicest man uh, in Irish MMA, and that that was that was you were almost like a politician the way you answered that one there. It was perfect. <laughs> You're gonna ruin your streak in Ballymore now, am I? Yeah, go back to me playing Carby Bond. <laughs> PG said he's a politician. <laughs> but, um, Roddy, you're a gentleman, man. Thanks so much for this. You're just back from South Africa. Anything else you need to let us know about before you go? No, no. Just uh, just watch out for SPG Charlestown next year. We're starting to, you know, we're going to build a build, build team. I'm here full time now, and it's I'm here about a year now. But, and, you know, we're going to hopefully reap the rewards in the next year or so, you know? I feel like Leah, like, I mean, that, that contract was just awarded to her, uh, a six fight contract. And when you see things like that happening, I'm like, she she's one of the fighters that they are really invested in in Europe. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's that many of them. I think there's only about five of them, but she is certainly one of them. Do you feel like 2020 could be a huge year for Leah? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, sky's the limit for Leah. She's, you know, she walks her ass off. So when somebody comes in and is that dedicated, um, the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? So. Was actually on it. I'm sorry, I'm not even talking to Mike anymore. Molly McCann was on the podcast. She was singing your praises. She said she was over here for a few sessions as well. I'd say that's great crack to have her around here. Yeah, yeah, she's and she's phenomenal as well. And she's a great, great sparring partner. We pick up things from her and she picks up things from us, and it's great. And the doors are always open, you know. I, I love having people over. Um, you know, once I can learn from them, that's the main thing. It's a it's all about an exchange of information. I'll I'll give my thoughts and a few things, they give their thoughts and a few things and so if they're shy, don't turn up is what you're saying. <laughs> no, shy, shy, shy people can turn up as well. They can always improve. We can always improve. That's 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 always there. But uh, yeah, so uh, the doors are open for everybody. It's great to have new bodies in, and it, it allows uh, my guys to to check the level as well and, and know that they're improving. You know. Well, happy Christmas to you and Kelly, and I hope Santa Claus is very good to the girls this year yeah. because uh, Daddy's going to be off on some secret business in January once oh, again, huh? I know, I know. God, yeah, sure. Uh, my wife is the best, you know what I mean? Thank God. Thank God I have a, a wife that's very understanding and, and, and the kids, you know what I mean? I do, it breaks my heart leaving them, but they know I'm, I'm away walking. I'm not, I'm not away partying around like that, so they understand that Daddy has to walk to to provide for them so yeah so oh, we'll, we'll we'll get the Christmas out of the way and we'll have the best Christmas ever and then we'll have the best January ever and then we'll move on to Bellator in February the best <laughs> February ever and then we'll, yeah and then I think on, on March 31st there's a Sunday that I have a half day so that's right I'll call for a dinner then <laughs> lovely a busy man thanks so much Roddy man you're a legend talk to you soon always a pleasure man We've been waiting for this one for a long time, Niall. It is UFC 245 this weekend in wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada. There's three title fights, Kamaru Usman v. Kobe Covington, Max Holloway v. Alexander Volkanovsky, and of course, Amanda Nunes v. Europe's own Jermaine Durandamy. 
Um, you know, that's a big title fight for Europe. Um, and I feel like, uh, although Nunes has kind of underlined herself as, as the great, the greatest um, female athlete in MMA history, probably with her title captures, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Durandamy. If you look at her, she's gone... 5-0 and oh since that loss to Amanda Nunes. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, Amanda Nunes wanted none of Durandamy's stand-up in that first fight. Took her straight down and elbowed the face off her. 100%. And I think, you know, a lot of people got on her case, um, obviously with that whole featherweight shenanigans that went on. And a lot of people were questioning um, whether she was injured or not, which I thought was pretty uh, bad. Oh, um, it was a fucking witch hunt. Yeah, it was very, very bad. So um, I think, and I agree with you, that people are sleeping on her ahead of this one. And I think Nunes has come on so much, I think it's fair to say, since they last fought, um, that we're going to see a totally different fight. But I wouldn't be surprised um, if Nunes does go to the ground again because we know how good she is on the feet, man. It's an intriguing matchup. You know, I, I think you have to look at Nunes. You have to favour Nunes. You have to favour Nunes. Um, but, but don't sleep on Jermaine. One thing about Jermaine is, from that first fight, her, her takedown defense has improved so much. Um, I think the best example of that was probably against Aspen Ladd. I know that yeah. fight only lasted about 10 seconds. No, but right. she dived in on a takedown, Jermaine stuffed it, and then knocked her out. Like, yeah. I mean, Aspen's a better wrestler in my books than Nunes. If it was a straight wrestling match. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah I think I she wins. So um, I do think that's a very interesting fight. And her mindset's totally different as well. She's, she's, she just seems to be enjoying everything. There's a bounce in her step. And I think that's a big, big factor as well. She feels there's momentum coming in as well. Nunes obviously has momentum. But I think it's going to make from a very, very different fight from, from, the, from the first one we saw between the pair. Another huge fight for Europeans, Peter Yan, the Siberian gangster, v. Uriah Hall, Uriah Faber even. I, Did I've you get set, the sparring rounds in with a PT? I didn't this time. No. But this is the level of confidence that Peter Yan has ahead of this. Peter Yan's told me that he'd be on the podcast next week to celebrate the win. Ooh. <laughs> you know, before it even happens Jesus. he was like he didn't have a translator with him so he said I'll come on next week after I win so there you go that is confidence y- again um, you'd have to pick him He's, you, you <laughs> know but like yeah. you can't not like, pick it's literally the fight we said when when um, Faber came back we yeah. said this is the last fight that he wants and there he goes fucking fair play to Uriah Faber yeah man. listen Uriah you know one thing I'll say about Uriah you know never backs down um, absolute jam um, but know, I think legends. this is it. But yeah, this is a, a big difference between Ricky Simone, credit to Ricky, yeah. and Peter Yan. Peter yeah. Yan, who has blazed a trail through this division, his only loss really isn't the loss. Um, it's it's incredible. The guy he's five and zero in the UFC, but this one should be the one that pushes him into a new stratosphere because of Uriah's stock, because of former champion, because it's the biggest yeah. card of the year. This one could be the one that really does um, get him fast-tracked to that title shot because, as we know, Aljamain Sterling's injured um, or as he's recovering from injury. Um, very, very interesting fight, that one. It is, but... Are you, man, I, I just can't rule... I, you know, I have to go with Jan. I have to favour Jan. But, you, man, Uriah has so many old dog tricks in his, in his sleeve that... I just don't, think you're, catching, I don't think you're catching Jan with an overhand right like that. No, I agree. I totally agree with that. But, uh, he could wrestle the shit. He like, wrestle he's a good wrestler. Shit, yeah. Very good wrestler. You know, good in the deck. Um, he could make it a very, very sort of Francisco Trinaldo-esque fight oh. for Peter Jan. Um, but yeah, listen, I, I, I don't think anyone can, can pick up against Jan. If you're a betting man, you'd definitely be putting uh, putting some money on Peter. Does he stop him? No, I don't I think, think he so. stops him. No, I don't think he stops him. I think it's going to go all three. It's just such a big pace to put on a yeah. guy who's coming back, you know. And uh, look, Uriah's great training partners there, uh, American top team. Um, Omari Akhmedov v. Ian Hoynish at 185. Ian Hoynish, I believe, trying to get back to winning ways after suffering his first UFC loss to Derek Brunson. Yes. yes. Nailed it. Um, 
I'm not really mad for that fight. Um, it's a very tough fight for Heinish to look impressive in. Omari Akhmedov, um, he's a he's a tough guy to look good against, as a lot of these yeah. Russian gentlemen are. <laughs> look at them are, aren't they? You can't never look good against them because they just they're so good and well versed everywhere. Uh, it is a big bounce back uh, fight for Heinish. I think Heinish took that Brunson fight in short notice, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So um, look yeah. at that fucking f- yeah. Look at the, the record. Four zero and one in his last five um, is Omari Akhmedov. Why aren't the Russian press crying out for a title shot for this man? Is my question yeah. when I'm looking at his record. Yeah. But listen, man, Heinish has been so good, so impressive. Derek Brunson, great story class. too. Uh, you know, Brunson's no bloody you know passenger. The guy's one of a really good boxer, a really good wrestler, um, and I think. Uh, you know, Heinish has impressed me, man. So I think that's a good fight, good scrap. Um, yeah, listen, I'm going to pick Heinish in that one. Fuck it, why not? <coughs> um, Daniel Timor was so emotional in Sweden after his win he over Sungbin Joe, turning over a three-fight skid. But he's back in action. The Swedish featherweight when he takes on Chase Hooper, who I don't fucking really know an awful lot about. I'm not going to lie to you. Is he a Dana? No, he's a Titan FC man. Um, but. You, you, I feel, I still feel as though he's in a must-win situation every time he fights Timor. But I think there's more in the locker with Timor. You know, we we were so excited when he, he came into the UFC. Him and his brother, and, and, and his brother's definitely had a better run of it. Yeah, you know? he has. But you know, we should be seeing sort of similar um, form and performances from him. We haven't, and I just feel there's more in the tank. And I think we're going to see it. Maybe that win is crucial. It's a turning point in his career, and I think he's going to kick on and, and do something uh, special because he he has that in his locker that. Uh, Sort of X factor, uh, I, I believe in, uh, in in his Muay Thai skills. Obviously, yeah, Puna making his debut. Puna Soriano, you will remember Puna. He got a contract. That's I know right. Brendan Lochnane did yeah, not. Right. That is not Puna's fault. Um, but he is a very tough task in his hand with Oscar Pochota, a guy who I've been really yeah, impressed with. Yeah, very good. Um, a, a, a great Polish uh, all-rounder, really. A brilliant grappler. But he's on a two-fight skid. He had the fight with Rodolfo Vieira, God love him, in his last fight. <laughs> um, but I feel as though that's a winnable fight for him, Puna. Yeah, no, definitely. I think Puna was uh, was was very impressive. And uh, oh, sorry. I mean, I mean, I feel like Puna is a winnable opponent for a Pichota. Sorry, my bad. No, I, I mean, I, I don't know enough about Puna. Yeah, I, I was I was impressed with Puna though when I saw uh, him um, on Dana White Contender Series. He's one of Ali's guys, isn't he? He is indeed. Um, and I thought he just looked good. And I just think he's got an X factor about him again. I think this is a guy that's probably going to get a big push in the next couple of years. Um, you know, I would favour him. I'm interested to see what Pachada is going to do after those two losses. But again, I think the UFC are going to put a bit of stock behind this guy Puna because Dana was very hot on him as well after uh, the fights, if you remember. And dominant MMA guys tend to get <laughs> they, a good rub. They, they do. They do. Cameron <laughs> um, Usman, speaking of dominant MMA, uh, and Colby Covington. Um, this is a huge fight and amazing. Uh, we were just discussing a clip that came out there that's been in mass circulation. Um, Colby Covington being injured, uh, interviewed even. And um, yeah, we he talked ex- about this. Off he air. explains how he basically invented this persona because the UFC told him he was being cut, even though he was beating some of the best welterweights in the world, like Damian Moya. Now I've seen Ewan McKenna retweeting this and going, "What a joke!" And it is from a sporting point of view. Uh, you're going to tell me that a guy is beating the best guys in the world, and he has to invent an alter ego for you to keep him on your record? That is a piss take. Of course, we yeah you know, we've talked about this. Over I know, the but years he's never said it blatantly. Like I know, that. yeah, he's never said it blatantly. And fair play to him for coming out and say it blatantly. And it, it probably says something about his relationship with Dana White and the UFC brass is uh, the fact he uh, he's having these uh, issues. Um, you know, over the years, there's often been stuff said by Dana White saying, "Oh, you know, Colby didn't want this, that, whatever." That's clearly stems from that. That sort of breakdown in the relationship. You know, if you're going to to cut a guy who's going to go to Brazil and, and and probably be one of the hottest talking points of that, 
you know, quarter of the Whatever year. Do, yeah. it, it was an incredible statement from, from Colby Covington and a ballsy one to do it. And um, listen, I, I've, I think you, you've got to hold your hands up and go kudos to Colby Covington there because he's calling it how it is. Yeah, but I also need to say to the UFC, cop the Disgrace. fuck on. This guy is an unbelievable fighter. He is really generating most of the, like a lot of the interest for this card and you were going to cut him because he didn't have a big enough personality yeah. that's crazy um holloway v volkanovsky though um that is a hard fight for holloway i feel as though that's on paper it's one of the toughest matchups he's had because I, I, I feel like when you look through holloway's um his tenure as as, as featherweight champion he's beaten guys that have, have appeared to be beyond their former glories apart from Brian Ortega I'd say yeah. but um, that's how I feel about this and Alexander Volkanovsky there is just he's done but, so much in so little time and, and he's bet everyone he's bet all the guys that you need to be to be in this situation and he's a train that likes to get in your face as well and like you know who has Max really fought that's going to pile on the pressure as fast mm. as he's going to that's where I see issues here for Max as well. I totally agree with you with this. You know, a fresh opponent, a fresh challenge. Um, obviously, I think he has bigger stopping power than Aldo too. Like in this moment, like he, he, when he hits people, they go fucking down. I do, man. I, I agree with you. I, you know, you know a thing or two about that rugby strength. Oh yes, one hundred percent. You know, Volkanovski, <laughs> just a clinical, um, sort of reckless aggression that that he brings in there is a very very scary prospect for me. And this is the first fight where I'm actually doubting whether Max Holloway is going to walk away with the featherweight title. I've been pretty, over the last six or seven fights, sure he's going to win it. But I think this is a legitimately unbelievable chance here for to see a new champion. And especially after that loss as well. If he wins this, he's the greatest featherweight of all time. Yeah. I'd say so. And look, he's, he's probably in my book there already. He's there, thereabouts, yeah. Um, so if he wins this, I think he's taken... Um, the town over and I think he needs to go to 155 and just, just make that change I know it didn't work out obviously um, the last time um, but you know he's nothing really else more to prove in this division I feel as though the McGregor sweepstakes are kind of involved here as well because yeah. although McGregor said oh yeah I'm going to fight Masvidal next if Max wins this he's effectively cleared out the featherweight division until Zabit or someone you know yeah. confirms yeah. himself as a top gog the top dog gog. so why not do a 155 fight with McGregor if he gets if he manages to get through Cerrone yeah no I, told, I, I 100% agree like we, what have we got around the corner here Jameson call him up baby let's do this stuff again like what a what a ploy that was from, from Max Holloway you know he's thinking about it Connor's been thinking about it he's been tweeting about it there seems to be a level of mutual respect there I, I don't think we've seen from other fighters with Connor. Um, he seems to respect Max a lot more than a lot of other fighters. You often see the tweets and um, they embrace each other. Max often compliments Connor on, on certain things. So that is definitely in the mix, man. Um, maybe, you know, late quarter next year, depending on things, obviously, uh, how they work out for Connor. Oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's a long way away. But listen, uh, the seed is there, the seed has been planted. Why not? Let's do it again. Let's uh, now we've we've talked about two non-European kind of fights there with uh, Holloway and Volkanovski and Usman and Covington. But what else are you looking for? There's been a lot been made of Jose Aldo and his body and everything else yeah, ahead of this fight. I saw um, McGregor replying to Ariel Awani suggesting that he didn't think it was that bad at all. Uh, Mister Nice Guy, all of a sudden, Mister McGregor. What? Um, you know what do you think? I mean, I don't know enough about this kind of thing, but he looks like he's fairly trim already, right? Man, he looks absolutely, you know. He's probably the lightest he's ever been. Police are coming from Peter Carroll here. Um, <laughs> be coming from anyone in this neck of the woods here. Everybody's looking around, yeah. gathering the stuff. Is I'm, it me? I'm scared. They're, they're looking at me because I, I look respectable. Um, yeah, listen. Um, when you see a guy sort of walking around as skinny as he's been walking around, um, it's very, very worrying for me. 
um, whether you know this is going to be one of these disgusting way cuts where we see a guy carried onto the bloody stage. And the size of Marlon Monroe is the wrong man to have a bad way cut before you fight, man. I think this. Remember him? The difference between him yeah. and Henry, Henry Cejudo was incredible. Yeah, I think this is just a terrible decision from from Jose Aldo, and I think it's going to backfire massively on uh, on Saturday night when when they get in the cage. I think you know Marais has that power as well. We've seen it. He's an absolute killer. Massive kicks. He's everything. Um, that Jose Aldo has but better at that weight class and I just think it's a stinker of a fight for Jose yeah um, there's a few other good fights I mean Mike Perry and Jeff Neal is going to be exciting um, Caitlin Vieira and Irene Aldana Matt Brown v Ben Saunders uh, Brandon Moreno v Kai Cara France that's a great fight brilliant fight I love watching Kai Cara France uh, uh, really really good talent from uh, City Kickboxing there in, uh, in, in Auckland um, absolutely um, you know I, I've been so impressed with him I think that guy is uh, you know a couple of fights away from from being right up there in that division, so it's one I'm very much looking forward to. And Jess Guy's back in there as well again after her title loss against Viviana Arujo. So yeah, listen, the card uh, is a very very solid card from top to bottom. But I think um, the fight I'm most looking forward to is probably the one we're going to be talking about in a minute. Absolutely, which one is that? Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman. Did we not already talk about that now? We did a little bit. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? No, more? no, no. no. I, th- I thought you were, I thought we were going to talk about it. Sort of a prediction and, and how. Oh it's yeah, that's go a down good. That's a good shout. Yeah, yeah I like um, that. We did really we talk do, about. Will it. we do predictions for all European fights and title do fights? It. Then right. Hit me. Uh, Cameron Usman v Colby Covington. I'm going with Colby. No surprise there. I'm going for a Cameron Usman. Um, although I do think Colby is an amazing fighter. Um, I think Cameron is just a little bit better than him. Um, but Colby has looked ridiculous. I think it's a it's a brilliant. It fight. It is a brilliant fight. I think it's going to be a five rounder. I think we're going to see a lot of volume. Um, you know, like we saw from Colby the last time. You know, a lot of attempted takedown attempts. But that's where I'm going with Colby. I think Colby will have enough to chip away at him on the feet and maybe ultimately land a takedown here or two. And I think we're in for a for a really really good fight. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's going to be a lot of talk during the week as well. So I'm looking forward to. it. Max Holloway v Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna conservatively go for the champion again here, uh, Max Holloway. I am, but I wouldn't put my house on. I think we've a real possibility of an upset there. Probably the highest possibility of an upset in the three title fights for me. I think Volkanovsky's four pressure could be a major issue um, for Max Holloway because that's something he traditionally likes to do. So it's gonna be a fascinating matchup. And um, Amanda Nunes, I think we've kind of given this away. Yeah, um, we're going so. for Amanda, right? Yeah, I think Amanda's going to finish this one in uh, fourth, fifth round. I'm favouring Marois against Aldo, just oh, based on what oh, I'm seeing. 100%, I think he's going to knock him out. Um, Jan v. Faber, I'm going Jan. I'm going to go, um, yeah, Peter Jan decision. Beautiful, and we will hopefully talk to him next week. Heinish v. Akhmedov. That's Heinish a tough for me. to call. Yeah, I think, I think, I think I'll go. I think I'll, I'll go for Heinish as well, but it's not going to be pretty. Um, and <laughs> Timor v Hopper. I don't know Hooper. I don't know anything about Chase Hooper. Hooper. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'll go for Timor there. I don't know anything about this kid. Yeah, yeah, no, Timor definitely. I think Timor's. Uh, we saw how much that victory meant to him the last time, and he's going to kick on and, and prove and show us what he has in that locker. Um, and then finally, Soriano v Pichota. I'm. Firmly in Poichota's corner here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with uh, Soriano. Ooh, contentious straight from the get-go for me and you there, Noel. Um, that's that kind of wraps up. I think, our I think we have to mention one thing. We probably forgot. I know. I was going to wrap up the show ra- ra- about two forty-five. No, no, no. It wasn't about last week. We, f- we forgot to mention uh, Tug 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 Jitchu's, uh Twister. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, was it was magic. Yeah, very, very good. He was brilliant actually. But um, yeah. So I think we just had to mention it. Mentioned. There you go. Fair enough. He's good. Now, what's he twelve? Fair enough. 
12, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. looking very good. Um, but um, I interrupted your thought process. I know, yeah, now I don't know what I'm doing. This, this, uh, Did you watch Ruiz v. Joshua? I didn't. I just saw highlights. Uh, I'm very annoyed with Andy Ruiz. I'm very fucking annoyed with him. Well, he put on all the weight, man. Like, what are you doing? He's no, but don't come out afterwards hurting. and say, like, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't train. Just the, the heavyweight yeah, title, mate. Yeah, what, no, what are you doing? It's disrespectful. But I, 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 that morning, I was talking to my friends, and I was like, oh, man, the heavyweight division is buzzing. Like, I'd love to watch Ruiz v. Fury, Ruiz v. Wilder, Joshua v. Fury, uh, Joshua v. Wilder. Like, it, it all works in so many different ways. And then... Now I don't give a shit. I don't want to see him fight any of those guys. Yeah. Because I'm like, are you going to show up? Are you going to actually train for this one, mate? Yeah. Like, really disappointing for a heavyweight boxing, I feel. No, definitely. And I think, you know, more so as well with uh, what Anthony Joshua did. He put on a masterclass in Brilliant. fairness. Brilliant, beautiful. You know, it was, beautiful it was a fantastic display from what I saw. Um, and I think, you know, when you have a boxer, again... And we, yeah, I felt like we, Ruiz we sort of took it away from him. You know, Ru- Ruiz was like, oh, it's because I didn't train rather than you got yeah. the face jabbed off you. And, and he got battered, like... I mean, Joshua was smashing him First with his right round, hand, everything. He got cut open and stuff, and... Um, I think it was like Pernas, really. It was, you know, in terms of Joshua's performance, it was, it was just sort of a masterclass in, mm. in, 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 in your discipline and your sport. And um, yeah, listen, disappointed that Ruiz, I already put on the stone, obviously, in the, you know, in the, in the way, and that was sort of an indication to me that this guy was out probably partying a little bit. Well, he's too much admitted more. to that straight after the fight, you know? Um, yeah, so it was, it was pretty obvious that was the case. But yeah, when you've guys like this, you, you, you know, Money does funny things to them sometimes, and he got a big, big paycheck back then. So hopefully he can get his shit together, lose that stone or even three stone. <laughs> You'd like to see him, uh, sort of, you know, yeah, well, be, just more sh- op- be more optimal. When he, when he won that fight yeah. back in June, and he does this press conference where yeah. he's like, "Man, we don't have the struggle anymore." I'm like, "Yes, yeah, this yeah. is fucking great. I love this guy." And now straight away, I'm like, "Is this guy for fucking real? This is disrespectful showing up in this no, shit." Yeah, I agree. 100%. But um, 100%. yeah, that, that was my takeaway. Also, uh, Pavetkin, I didn't think he won that co-main event against Walker. I don't even know if they call them co-main events, but um, I don't really know that much about boxing. But Man, it's crazy uh, how many drug tests that guy failed and he's still there. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm looking at uh, UFC and I'm going, oh, this guy's failed a drug test. Yeah. We should we should smear this guy, <laughs> you know, or we should at least know that every time he's fighting. I think Pavekin's face like, tr- failed three or four drug tests and he's there boxing in the, in the, on, the on that card. What the fuck? She'll just look at some of the issues you've had with boxing in the last number of months, and I don't. I sort of go naming names because it's sort of a grey area. I don't, well, look, even, I don't even White, think they know what they're Dillian doing. Dillian White um, has now been... Um, He's been. He was ostracized for that drug yeah. failure, and now UK, uh, UKAD UK. came out and they they say it's it's not going on. I'm glad to see that there's this type of bullshit going on in different sports, and it's not just ours. I mean, these drug, these yeah, drug, yeah. Um, the people who are looking after the um, the the overseeing of the tests and all, they need to do something here because if you're making mistakes that often, you probably shouldn't be in the job. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, the, sometimes these, these guys. These are the same fuckers that messed up Tyson Fury's a few yeah. years ago, and they were like, "Oh, sorry." As much as we shit in USADA, sometimes it's a, it's a good thing. No, you sometimes need you need thing. to have some type of in threshold. Place, of but the do. threshold needs to be clearly defined. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's so annoying. There needs annoying. to be transparency. But like, you see Pavekin in there, and now Monday, and the Russians are banned from the Olympics. And yeah, fucking, that's right. That's crazy. Yeah. But those, I, was th- I was looking at that, and I was going, no ban on MMA here. Does that make Habib even bigger in Russia? Because, you know, they can't actually consume sports and the sports they yeah. love. You know, Olympics is huge in Russia. Massive. Um, and and soccer is obviously huge in Russia as well. But now they can pretty much... Habib is the most prominent sports that's going to be active, right? Yeah. Um, if he... If he As a uh, national if, kind if of... If he stays around, because I don't think it's going to be coming to effect till, uh, what, it's a year after next. Oh, is it? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah so... Oh, yeah, um, you know, I thought they were banned from the Olympics, though, which is next year. Is the Olympics next year? Oh, it is. Yeah, you know, the Olympics next year. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm probably thinking of the soccer. They're uh, they're 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 excluded from. So by entire. April, people are going to be pretty buzzing for the for, for yeah. Habib. Oh no, 100. percent Yeah, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, 
see what the the reactions like there. And you know, I, I think I talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, with McGregor going over there, it puts more eyes on on, on the sport and Habib there as well because he's the champ. So interesting times ahead, I think for uh, for the Russians. But yeah, just just get some transparency, guys. It's very frustrating. You um you have survived the whole hour on the north side here. No, this is crazy. Yeah, it's looking a bit ropey the last twenty minutes. A lot of police yeah, there's actually, going around. There's actually a like situation uh, going on to our left here. Um, a security guy who brings cash into a shop obviously rang the guard up by accident. So he has a whole oh, unit geez. up here. He's like apologising to them for a call. <laughs> it's a very funny situation. They saw Noel there and they're like, look at that dodgy Southside fuck. Yeah. Let's, get a, let's get a whole unit it, out here. Let's be honest. Let's call it a spade a spade. Throwing out a first pub he walked into on the north side. It's a fucking shit out. Listen, mate, you need to up your appearance. <laughs> Can't even last a second on Oscars in Smithfield, for fuck's uh, sake. Sure, why, why, why would I want it? They were like, sorry, Pizzi, sorry, Pizzi. It's just your mate. And I was like, they'll no do, problem, it's no problem. You know what they'll do? They fuck all. That's <laughs> what they'll do. <laughs> um, Quality. Right, so uh, are you all set for Christmas anyway? No. Do you want to do the... What, when will be the Christmas, if we do a Christmas episode? Will it be like... We could do it on Sunday, December 22nd. We're just, we're just going to... You know what we're going to do, Pizzi? We're just going we're gonna, to... We're going to go to have a drink. And we're going to talk shite about the year and some of our favourite moments. I think that's what we Well, the best should we not do that do. on the 29th then or the 30th? Yeah. We do that. Whatever. So, but what are we going to do for the 22nd? Will we go on the sauce and do the podcast? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's Christmas. We're not like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not meeting not you for a coffee. I'm not meeting you for a coffee during Christmas, not a hope. So, uh, definitely. 22nd. And yeah, okay. Well, look, we'll leave you to it. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Noel is safe and sound. It's a big moment for him. It's cold as um, Right, you so know, the last time I asked him to come to the north side, we were on the hate. We were crossing O'Connell Bridge. It was with Graham, was with and May, and he had a canary to borrow his own phrase. So this it's is a big a step. What? It's a big step for I you. Love the way these congratulations, congratulations, man. These fucking Just trying to congratulate you, man. Trying to praise you. Well done. Can I speak? It's a big step. Shit, hope. Look over. Wayne, I was from Churchtown. Thanks very much. Love you loads. Northside forever. Shit, hope. <laughs> <laughs>